Welcome back to Mixed Media. Uh, we just did a segment on console exclusives where Nathan gave a few hot takes on the goodness of console exclusives. So if you want to hear more about that, go check out that episode. Uh, these episodes premiere throughout the week after they're recorded, but they are actually live. So if you want to join us for our live stream, you can join us 7 p.m. Fridays, Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Fridays. Uh, so with that, we'll go on to my topic. And my topic, if I can get it on the screen, there it is, is about how art class has failed you. You have been failed by your art teacher. You should think you should you should go back and tell your your art teacher why have you failed me? No, but in all in all in all seriousness, it's not so much about the particular teachers and so much about the philosophy about art class in general, um, or maybe not even art class, but education in general. Um, I don't think this top. I, you know, this is sort of like a shower thought for me, so it's not going to be the most in in depth uh, conversation. I just think it's an interesting thing to note. But yeah, I think the problem really arises from just the education system in general. So what is the problem, actually? I guess I'll start there. The problem is that people are very single-minded with what they consume in the art space, even though, as I talked about in the interview I had with um, the writer of the uh, short film, people are very narrow with what they consume, even though now more than ever, right, we have the ability to consume all kinds of things for very little money, right? Uh, in compar- comparison to, let's say, you were living in the Middle Ages and you wanted to see a painting. I mean, <laughs> that, that's going to be much bigger of an L than uh, Yeah, exactly. Living in the middle of nowhere, it's just, that's not happening. Yeah, exactly. You have a local painter near you or something. Right. I mean, the closest you could do is maybe your local church, you know, if you're lucky to have a church that has, like, you know, fantastic art, right? Um <laughs> So we have this ability to consume, but I feel like people don't have the tools to actually consume it well. You know, it, actually, uh, Tavia in the, the comments uh, earlier was saying something like that kind of ties into this topic. Um, and so we're consuming these like Marvel movies and like, OK, fine, they're competently made they're, they You can understand them. They weren't made by someone who doesn't know how to make things, but they're like boring i mean really they're just boring and they're 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 repetitive and the crazy thing is two things happen sometimes people will go ahead and they'll watch something more interesting whether it's good or bad they'll watch something more interesting so the the creators put more effort into uh making it there's a little bit less mainstream uh but when i say that i actually don't even mean it's not mainstream i just mean it's less mainstream than marvel right and because it take, has more diversity in the way it tells its story, people will come out of it saying uh, one of two things. Wow, I can't believe I've been watching Marvel when this stuff exists and there's like stuff that like communicates to me in more ways than just straightforward uh, plots, straightforward cinematography, straightforward music, straightforward everything, right? Uh, or they'll say, well, they'll say, I just couldn't even get through that. Right. It's a, it's a very bifurcated response. I couldn't even get through that. I couldn't even understand what was going on. And I kind of want to address why that happens. And I actually do think that the source is school. It, it is school. It's the way that we are taught to consume things in school. That's one of many, many reasons. There's, you know, I could go on forever about that. Schools often don't have guiding principles, especially public schools, right? Like, 
what is the what is the purpose and guiding principle of a school actually? Typically these days, not the million dollar question every teacher gets asked. Why are we here? Just right. to suffer. <laughs> exactly. And I think it should be telling and concerning to parents and children when the teacher says, "We just have to do this" or you know, "This is the curriculum I was given." Or this will be useful sometime down the future, but they give very specific examples that you probably won't ever, you know, use, you know, and and every math class ever, you know. Um. If you ever need to get the error into a curve as a, I don't know, like a, as a writer, I mean, like, you know, (laughs) as as even a computer scientist, I mean, maybe that'll be useful. If I end up doing math things, which is uh, unlikely. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I went through... Uh, four years of college doing computer uh, uh, computer computer engineering, doing mostly programming stuff, and then uh, went to do a, a practical programming job. And I probably used maybe two percent of what I learned in college, and probably zero percent of what I used in high school. Uh, like I literally did not use math, even though everyone said uh, engineering is all about math. I used zero math. Um, <laughs> but that's a whole aside. So what I'm saying is that school, you know, it doesn't have a guiding principle, it tends to not have guiding principles unless you're really lucky, right? So the school doesn't have a perspective. And sometimes this is on purpose, and it's kind of scary, actually. It doesn't have a, a perspective on why you're there to begin with or why you should be learning what you should be learning. So you'll get this mentality of we just need to meet these metrics so that we can get our funding. We need to get meet these metrics, you know, this 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 testing score so that people want to move to our neighborhood so can people can spend their tax dollars here, right? That is the reality of life in the world. You know, that's how things work. And so you don't teach students in any way that actually enriches them because the philosophy isn't to enrich them. The philosophy is to get them through school. That, that there's a big difference there. So I actually want to take, you know, everyone has the common experience of being in art class because art classes are typically required, right? So in elementary school, you know, elementary school art classes, you know, it kind of makes sense. So that, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting mad at that. But from middle school and high school, your art classes were garbage, guaranteed. Absolutely garbage. In elementary school, you're learning about creativity and like trying to Uh, think about the different ways you might act on that physically, you know, you're trying to get tactile with things, uh, sort of what gym class is supposed to help with too, but you don't do anything in gym class either. Um, (laughs) You know, you're supposed to be become more well rounded with your perception of what is possible with your creative mind. That, That would be the elementary school way. In middle school and high school, you're now mature enough where abstraction is now available to you. You know, you're more able to abstract what you're doing to something higher, a higher principle. So, if you take like a very small example, you know, like if you're you have a, a big chunk of clay in elementary school, it's more about like, you know, learning how to manipulate clay in a mechanical sense, learning about what's possible if you put your mind to something, you know, patience, all these like very base virtues. And then when you're in middle school and high school and you can learn abstraction, you're thinking about beauty more in in a more abstract way. You should, instead of thinking about how do I form this clay so I can get an A, uh, which is very easy. Uh, I'm sure everyone, (laughs) everyone has experienced that. You should be thinking about what makes a good piece of pottery to begin with on a, on a, on a more abstract level, not just functionally, but in a beauty sense. Right. I'm not a pottery person, so I can't even speak to that, but, um, (laughs) yeah, 
<laughs> you know, but you should be getting more and more towards that as you become older and wiser, right? I'm going to take an example where there's a vestige of it, I think. And I think that's actually in English class. There's quite a vestige of the higher reason, but it's actually like 90% gone. But I think it'll illustrate my point a little bit better. So in literature, in literacy, literature, English class, you typically have two sorts of goals. You have literacy and fluency. So literacy is your ability to read something. Fluency is your ability to write something or like, you know, put some literary work together, right? So think about your five paragraph book reports and uh, reading uh, Shakespeare in high school or something like that, right? So those those are two things. They're often smashed together, and I think that's a disservice to English, but that, that's a whole different story. And each of those things can be d- divided into two, basically two different categories. There's the mechanics, and then there's the aesthetics, right? So there's the mechanics of writing English. There's the rules of English. You can't just, you know string together random letters and expect people to understand it. And then there's the aesthetics. So there's like what makes beautiful English, right? So the reason you read Great Gatsby, presumably, is so you can learn what good English is like, you know, good creative English is like. Uh, And the reason why you uh, learn grammar rules, do vocabulary, do spelling, is so you can become fluent, right, in speaking English, writing English, also more adept at consuming English, right? If you know more words, you can consume better and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now, the aesthetic components of literacy and fluency, I think, are related by palate. So let me explain that concept real quick. So when you're in English class and you're learning to read things that are beautiful and create things that are beautiful, you're developing a palate. And what is a palate? A palate, your palate, you know, I'm pretty sure it's mostly related. The original origination of that word is mostly related to eating, right? So like uh, food and what you like to ingest, you know, uh, root words somewhere or another. I don't know. People can tell me. But when you eat things, right, if I were to just give you sugar, you know, from the time of birth until you die, you would think sugar is the best thing on earth, just raw sugar. You would just be like, yeah, because why? Because your your literal body is, is, uh, is, is programmed to love sugar. So you actually will like sugar. Sugar is great. You know, glucose, amazing. But when you, if I were to give that person who's only eaten sugar a donut, like a simple donut, like like not even a cool, like not even like the world's best donut. I mean, just Krispy Kreme, like, you know, just came out the, the lunchroom sort of donut. But they've only had sugar for their entire life. They'll be like, oh, maybe I'm addicted to sugar, but I would love to move towards loving donuts more. Even though donuts, objectively speaking, don't activate the brain as much as the raw sugar literally will, right? There's like an abstraction that occurs in that. You know, you appreciate the donut more for its complexity, the different characteristics it has, has the ability for the baker to achieve what they wanted in creating that donut. And then you eat that donut and you're like, dang, I don't I didn't know what I was missing. You know, I, I donut's more beautiful. Exactly. The donut is more beautiful. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you eat that donut and you're like, oh, this donut's great. But then one day you you uh, you discover some gourmet donut donut. And the dis- the difference is a lot less drastic, right? From sugar to donut is a big difference. But uh, from donut to gourmet donut is not going to be as big of a difference, right? In terms of like literal, like physical composition and, you know, chemistry and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, but, you know, when you experience that gourmet donut, 
you start to appreciate donuts better. <laughs> it's funny I'm talking Gourmet about Gourmet donut. <laughs> they exist. They, they definitely exist. Um, <laughs> I like those interesting. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, huh? I mean, yeah, some donuts are made better than others. I guess there should be a gourmet donut, but it's just funny, <laughs> a funny statement when you eat that gourmet donut. <laughs> now, the funny thing is, with like you know, gourmet sweets in general, they tend to have less sugar, and the reason they tend to have less sugar is so you can taste more complexity because sugar is a very abrasive to your uh, to your senses. So, like. The more sugar you have, the harder it is for you to taste the differences in flavor, right? But you can't just say the the Krispy Kreme donut is better because it has more sugar. You know that would be be a little absurd. You know you could appreciate the gourmet donut even though it's less sweet because it has more complexity of flavor, texture. Uh, you know, it looks looks nicer visually speaking as well. All that stuff takes in uh, that that whole thing becomes the sum of what what is beautiful about the the gourmet donut in the same way or so here's 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 how this analogy plays into what i'm talking about in terms of films right now i would say people are kind of addicted to Krispy cream donuts they're not as simple as being addicted to raw sugar right they're not just like sugar fiends right uh that'd be more akin to i don't know watching tiktok all day only or something like that <laughs> only tiktok i'm not i'm not bashing tiktok uh uh, it's sort of short form content in general. Okay, I'm just to consume a bit of sugar, you know, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. It shouldn't be like, shouldn't be your main dish. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But the, you know, society is is is. is I know a lot of people like Krispy Kreme, so that's a really bad example. But you know, a basic sugar coated donut. Don't, no, the the Seven Eleven donut. All right, that's probably pretty like it's like, <laughs> you know, it's not Dunkin' Donuts, so they can't even say it's a specialty, right? It's literally just like. <laughs> A donut. <laughs> it, is, it is just enough to be called a donut, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, you know, and people are addicted to that in terms of their media consumption in general. And what happens actually is what will happen when your palate's not well refined is they'll bite into a gourmet donut for the first time, and it might actually be a bad gourmet donut, you know, uh, or it may be a good gourmet donut, whatever. But they might bite into a more complex and more donut-like donut. Uh, for the first time, and their immediate reaction is, that is not sweet. And what I like about donuts is that they're sweet, right? And they'll just dismiss gourmet donuts for the rest of their life. Big mistake, right? Big, big mistake. Whereas someone who's a little bit more open to the experience might bite down to a gourmet, gourmet donut. The first bite might be like, hmm, I'm not sure if I like this. A second donut, they start to realize a lot of the little things that they're missing out in their basic donut. And they start to say, ah, I was addicted. I wasn't loving the previous donut. I was addicted to the simplicity of the sugar in that previous donut. That's my philosophy of palates in general, if that Is makes this sense. Is what like, acquired tastes are to a certain extent? Just yes. like, I get it now. Cause I'm thinking, I was like, I have this feeling a lot with music, right? Recently, I mean, there's a game called Guilty Gear Strive, right? It's like a fighter, fighting game, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who make, composes the music for it is like crazy. He created the series and he also created the art for the game. And he also created like uh, art for another game of like uh, a similar game that's also pretty famous, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, music is like really good, right? If you listen to like if you if you if you look up the Guilty Gear, you can find the whole playlist on on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. If you go and listen to it, right? It is weird. It is weird. It is a weird soundtrack, right? It's a rock mm-hmm. soundtrack, but it's like 
I don't know. You just have to listen to it. It's like it's like what? So so I was like, oh, this is a good soundtrack to listen to. I was like, okay, I'll take a take a listen. The first I listened to the whole thing through. Sorry, not the whole thing. The whole thing is pretty long. I listened to all the character themes, right? Character themes are the main thing. The rest of the stuff is like it's just like it's just video game music. It just works, right? <laughs> the character yeah. themes, right? Are like the good parts, right? I listened to the whole thing through. I was like, some of those were pretty good. Some of those I'm like, uh, I don't really know about that, right? That was pretty like weird, right? I went to it again. I was like, wait, it's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of the best video game soundtracks I've ever listened to. In fact, yeah, <laughs> like wow, this is really good. But yeah, I feel like this is a thing with a uh, like video games too, right? Where it's like I'm afraid to show people like weird games. Cause I'm like, I don't like you're just not you're gonna look at this thing and be like this is this isn't this ain't it. I'm like, but like it is it. You just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think people get confused because they'll 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 think that you're trying to put them down for for having a different opinion, having a more mainstream opinion, that's not even it. Because actually a lot of the stuff that I enjoy in films are extremely mainstream, you know? Uh, films are kind of lucky in, in a certain way. That, that's a whole different story. But the the it's not a criticism of your taste. It's not a personal criticism. That's not what, it, that's not what it, this amounts to. It's a criticism of your palate, right? So the difference between taste and palate, the taste would be more like, you know, I prefer, you know, in, in the range of gourmet donuts, I prefer chocolate ones over vanilla ones, you know, that I experience as a preference rather than as a difference in echelon of beauty, right? Like there's a, there's a, that's that I, I feel like I, when I consume things where I knowingly prefer something I can tell that that's me being a different human being and my individuality is coming out in that preference, right? Um, that preference might develop just because of my biology. It might be because of my personality. It might be because of, uh, you know, past life experiences or traumas, whatever it may be, but it doesn't matter, right? Like, it, it's fine to have preferences, right? It's, it's good to have things that speak to you personally. That's fine. Palette is different in the sense that you're allowing yourself you're you're becoming uh, more sensitive and more able to enjoy uh, things that are more abstractly complex, more beautiful. Uh, you're less addicted to simpler things, and it's not bad to enjoy those simpler things either, or to have to enjoy those simpler things because, let's say, the more complex thing is more expensive. You can't eat a gourmet donut every day, but. You know, you can eat that Krispy Kreme donut every day because it costs less. And that doesn't make that Krispy Kreme donut bad for what it is, right? No one made that Krispy Kreme donut for it to be gourmet to begin with. You know, they're not trying to make, you know, the world's best donut, you know? So there's, there's a lot of things going on there. But bringing it back to school, n there is no palate refining, typically, in in school. No one, no one, No one teaches you to love things, right? They teach you to pass things. It's a completely different mentality. And it's not to say that everyone will love art class. It's not to say that everyone will love English class, because again, there's still preference. I might like expressing myself through language more than I do through clay pots, and that's fine. you know. But I can come to appreciate clay pots much more than I would have if I didn't go to art class, if, I, if my art class was oriented properly. You know, um, if it was if it was oriented properly, I would give clay pot pots the best chance I, I, I could 
you know, or at least the teacher would be facilitating that. Obviously, I have free choice to just ignore everything. But the teacher would be facilitating that ability to appreciate clay pots better if it was oriented towards that instead of just the mechanics of making a clay pot, which is what typically art classes focus on. It's more about like, so this is what you do first and blah, blah, blah. When was the when was the last time in art class you you analyzed the composition of this famous potter, right? And handling and looking at and consuming that famous pottery is going to help broaden your palate. You know, that's naturally what occurs. And you come to appreciate certain things in details. You come to appreciate the balance of of uh, of efficacy as a functional object and its beauty and like how much money it had to you, you had to make it and how much time you know limit you know all the constraints that went into making this pot and how it was still that beautiful at the end of the day. You come to appreciate those things a lot better. You know um, what I remember uh, in high school in. Senior year, you know, I was required to take that art class. I took an art class. Uh, well, I, I took a two, right? I had to take, they were both half-year courses. Um, so I had to take one full year. I took fine art and applied art, right? In fine art, I remember we went over, uh, occasionally we go over, like, famous uh, paintings or, you know, images, whatever. So one of them was Starry Night, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and we had to do a little bit of, like, a little assessment, right? And we had to write, like... Uh, you know, like uh, um, like what kind of what kind of shapes he's using, stuff like that, right? And one of the things was composition, right? Like, and it was just like, where are the things? It was just <laughs> like where, like just like, oh, the the tree is like on the left side in the foreground, or something like that, right? And think about now, like, why did I? Why was that like? Like, I feel like the more question, the more important question is like, why is it there or something like that, right? Like, yeah. What makes that good, right? Like, not like what is there. Like, anyone can see what's there. That's not like a skill you need to learn, right? You just look at it and you know what's there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not really sure why I did that. I think probably because it, had, it was like it was some weird mash of like actually good art school and like normal school, right? Where I was like, in in actually good art school, you're probably going to be asking them about composition, right? That's an important part, right? And especially now, know what I know about 3D modeling after school after taking that art class i'm like oh yeah like i get it now all right mm-hmm. i understand why composition is a big deal all right so yeah part of it's like that like good art school is like composition but then like school school doesn't ask that kind of question so they can't do that but you have to ask what's there yeah <laughs> a lot of composition question yeah yeah no i think that you hit the nail on the head there yeah that's exactly it and you know, by the time you're in high school, you're well beyond the age where you can start to understand why things are where, but your brain is not used to answering those questions because you haven't been forced to grapple with those things, right? Instead, it's just a measure of how much effort you put into classes, how much, the, what grade you're going to get, um, you know, at the end of the day. Whereas, like, it's more important, and it's not just about the art that you assess in class. This just forms your uh, perception of art in general. So now that when you go watch a movie, your literacy with the movie is or at least maybe your literacy not initially will be high right with under being able to ingest a movie that's a little bit different right your your ability to accept that you might have to broaden your palate with watching movies will be higher and you'll have a higher tolerance towards uh towards differences right um where you don't immediately dismiss things yeah i just had a thought right so mm-hmm. A lot of times nowadays, since I'm you know, trying to do uh, compositional stuff with music, I listen to music and I just try to like examine it, right? 
Like I was listening to something like, okay, this time I'm like, oh, what's well, a good song? Let me let me try to figure out why it's good or not, right? Or like what's there, right? I was listening to you know, like drum pattern and you know different stuff going on right in the background that like a lot of stuff in the background you oftentimes don't notice when you listen to a song, right? Um, and I was really you know sometimes I think about like just like what is there, right? And I realized that's the wrong question, right? So I feel like it's a bit both. I do, right? Like what's there and why it's there but sometimes i don't think about why there's so I'm just like oh what's there right i'm like oh maybe i'll use this use this drum pattern right I feel like it's kind of the wrong way of thinking about it though i probably shouldn't just be like maybe i should use this because it sounds good in this one song right and mm-hmm. and maybe think of the previous conversation we had before earlier today uh where we're talking about how han zimmer is a lot easier to sort of imitate in a good way than uh john williams right maybe it's because knowing the what's there is how you imitate right and knowing the why is, hey, make it good, right? So maybe it's very mm. easy to understand why Hans Zimmer does what he does. It's not very easy to understand. It's very, maybe it's easy to just look at John Williams' stuff. It's not necessarily easy to, like, understand why does he do this, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when you try to imitate him, you're like, oh, let me just, you know, grab this, like, this way does the strings. Like, put it here. And, you know, does this with the drums. Like, put it here. We not, you may not get why. You mismatch it and, like, we'll do weird things. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just, like, a you know, interesting thing I just thought of. 100% correct. 100% correct. And the thing is, like, as you're learning, though, like, mimicking is actually not bad. That actually helps you with your palette, too, because you, but you have to come at it with that perspective. You can't come at the perspective of, oh, I'm making a new piece of art that's amazing. You have to come at it with, I'm mimicking so I can better understand why it's there. You know, that, that would, you know, I'm not trying to present this as like some, you know, grand work. I'm experimenting. That's why experimental art in general is valuable, you know. It's it's playing with core parts of things so you can understand and broaden your palette. You know, you're you're refine your palette. That doesn't mean that everything experimental that's made is amazing. In fact, I don't even understand. You know, like experimental painting. I, I could couldn't even look at it and explain to you why it's good. And I'm I'm willing to accept though that might be because I'm unsophisticated in that, in that area. I'm also willing to accept that those art might just be bad. You know, those both those things could be true. You know, yeah. How do you um, explain like the white canvas? I don't know about that one, man. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> the classic white canvas. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know if like it's such a high form of art. I just don't like. Just incomprehensible by like me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you know, it's it's like uh, we we shouldn't we shouldn't. I think there's like a deconstruction period where people were like, oh well, fine art is so proper and blah blah blah. It's like. Well, no, the reason why you can make good, less, you know, literal art, you know, less um, like uh, Michelangelo is making like very anatomically correct, although extremely expressive. So I, I don't even know if I could. That's not a very good comparison. But, you know, if if you're just trying to make a statue of a person that's literally perfect, which, you know, s- some eras of art, that was a lot of the objective was to just just depict something perfectly. You know, think about the realistic fruit pictures, you know, that typically is like the practice for realism painters and whatnot. That's still good to do. It's still good to do because that helps you with, with your expression later, you know, like uh, it's like learning cinematography and learning how to expose a shot. Well, but then you're like, then you watch a movie and you're like, well, they don't expose their shots the way that you're telling me to. It's like, well, can you even understand when to use what? Right. Like, unless yeah, I you, this. I get this because this is like a thing I learned in 3D modeling is that everybody will say, don't, don't like hop into this and think you're going to make something stylistically nice. Go in and make something photorealistic first. Right. Yeah. And then when you make something photorealistic, then you can start adding your own style to it. Right. Because, uh, 
if you don't understand, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of annoying, right? It's like, I don't want to do that, though. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make a stylized thing. But, like, you just got to do it, right? Especially with, like, um, anatomy stuff, right? It's so hard to make a character, right? To make, and I want to make a character, right? It's just the barrier to entry is so hard because you have to make a realistic one first, you know? Because mm-hmm. you try to make some, like, I mean, I'm sure people have done it, right? I'm sure, you know, people, you know, they just they had that kind of talent, you know? They're just very good at it from the get-go. Oh, yeah. But for a lot of people, like myself, you have to actually make a realistically looking person, and the anatomy is, like, complicated. It's not simple <laughs> to memorize <laughs> things, and it's like, oof. So, yeah, that's why, that's why I'm a hiatus from, uh, from uh, anatomy. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So it's a shame that schools, I mean, you, like I said, the vestiges are kind of in art, uh, English class a little bit more, right? Because you spend a little bit more time talking about books, you know, in like discussion circles and that's somewhat helpful. It's not as good as it could be, but it's okay. And people become more open to literature and their, their palates broaden because they, uh, here's, here's a great example. Polyphia. Uh, if you don't know that band, look it up. A lot of their stuff you could pick out various genres, including classical music, jazz, um, R&B, hip-hop, for sure. A lot of people have tried to do fusion music, where they smash those things together, right? But they have no idea what they're doing when they're doing that. They're just I was like... watching a video on this literally today. Literally oh, today, really? watching a video on, like, what makes Linkin Park great, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, he was like, you know, they have... It's, it's as core to rock, right? And then they infuse rap, and they infuse like DJing, right? Like mm-hmm. electronic sounds, I guess, right? And like you're saying, the reason why a lot of people can't do it well is because they don't they don't get it, and they just like let me just rap over this like rock song or something like that. It's like, yeah. oh, that doesn't fit though. It doesn't like, yeah. you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you have to. What I mean, really, what happens? You know, Linkin Park is a good example. Like Mike Shinoda is a student of both rock and hip hop. If you listen to him speak about those things, he understands them deeply. His palate like they, is big, you know? The guy in the video made the case that, like, they have, they've collaborated on uh, with Jay-Z, like, extensively, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, to get Jay-Z to collaborate, you, you would think he probably knows something about hip hop, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make, I mean, I think a lot of people will just feel overwhelmed by that and say, well, do I really have to watch you know, like, you know, Citizen Kane now and like, you know, Alfred Hitchcock movies and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I also have to like think about what I eat and, you know, who's got time and money and blah. That is all besides the point. I think if you're, if you're, that's going to be what you take away from this, that's not what I'm, I'm, I mean at all, right? I just mean that if you want to, if you want to live a fuller life, start acting in that direction of broadening your palates. When you eat that next donut, think about the donut more and you will enjoy it more, right? You don't have to spend your life tasting donuts, right? We each have our purpose in life, our preferences. If you like food more than you like movies, could consume more food. I don't want you to watch my movie if that's not what will make you more fulfilled. You know, I'm not trying to get literally every person to like movies more, right? Or appreciate deeper uh, movies more, more deeply. There is literally a finite amount of time. There's literally a finite amount of money. I'm just saying when you use your time and use your money, use them better. That's all I'm trying to say. You know, um, think about buying a nicer donut for yourself, maybe once, and then see see if that's if the you know 
and like really try to experience it and say, what did I like about that? And think about it a little bit more. You don't have to journal. You don't have to talk. You don't have to go to like some group of people who's going to talk about the fancies of blah, blah, blah. But you can internalize those things in an internal conversation, right? Which will help you appreciate things more. And then you'll find something. There will be some form of art because art exists for a reason. There'll be some form of art that strikes you the most, at least on a preference level, you know, and there'll be something that's, there'll be some things actually. I don't think, I don't even think there's a person who won't respond well to many types of things. Learn about them. They're so easy to learn, but just go on YouTube and just learn a little bit, learn a little bit about composition and, and, and you, your palette will expand much faster just because of you diving deeper into it and trying to understand. And you're like, oh, now when I see, uh, you know, such and such artists subvert this mechanic, subvert this rule, I can appreciate it so much more. Or when I watch my previously favorite artists do this thing, wow, that's really tacky to me now because, you know, whatever, you know, reason, you know, and now I have come to appreciate things deeper. And so it's not snobbery. It's art class failing you because you should have had this since you were a child. Um, and that's basically my point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'll be talking about that kind of topic for a long time because I feel like it's important and I want people to live more fulfilling lives, especially because we're as richer than we've ever been, you know, as individuals and we can spend so much money on art, so much time on art that people couldn't before. So it's good to take full advantage of that properly instead of just being slaves to, you know, whatever is on TV or whatever's dominating the theaters, you know? Um, oh, I do have something to say. PSA, I did an episode about inflation. And I gotta say, I told you so. That's all I'll have to say. For the past, like, like ever since I did that episode, inflation has been consistently higher than I even said was high in the video. Protect yourself now, because I've been protecting myself, and it's been working very well. So I've, I've been making money you know, uh, during an inflationary period by owning assets, not doing, not lifting a single finger. Is there more risk involved? Yeah. But if you're young, you can accept that risk, especially. So go get educated. None of that's a financial advice though. So don't sue me, bro, but take it as a piece of, uh, entertainment that you might be able to learn something from maybe. So, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, you're welcome to, uh, follow us uh, on Twitch, we have uh, VOD enabled, so if you want to check out the stream after it comes down, it will be there immediately. Twitch is actually pretty cool with that. It just immediately appears, whereas YouTube, it takes a long time to process. On yeah. YouTube, we have a YouTube channel as well, so you can go check us out there and subscribe. Our episodes, like, finally edited and looking nice and all that kind of stuff, will come out throughout the week. Um, we're also in audio only form as this is a podcast and I don't think I plug that enough. So you can check out links to, uh, your favorite podcasting platform, including Spotify in the description. And last but not least, if you want to continue the conversation, join our discord. Yeah. Nathan just put the uh, links in the chat right there. Uh, we have a fun time there. Um, just talking about art all week. Um, it's growing, uh, by the week. You can also submit, uh, games music, short films, I would even say photography if you want, 3D models, you know, branding work that you're doing. You uh, any art, really. Yeah, just post your art there, and uh, there's a good chance, very good chance, that we'll uh, review it in the future. So uh, join our Discord, it's a fun time. 
And uh, with that, I guess uh, have a good week. Peace out. All right. Have a, have a good day. Thanks for showing up. Bye. Bye.